Fantasy Fam Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, coming at you from Rain Man Studios here in Northern Jersey. On the mic with my brother's friend and our cousin, Kile. We're a quarter of the way into the NFL season. Tonight, we're going to revisit some love and some hate. And we're going to focus on what we'd like to call the good, the bad, and the ugly. lived up to the hype who's been bad but we see hope for a comeback and as you've heard us repeatedly say who downright stinks which we've clearly labeled the ugly you guys looking forward to this it's it's always fun to talk about the good guys you know especially the ones that you predicted would do good whereas some of the ugly ones it's not so fun yeah when you predicted you were predicted they were gonna have great years and then all of a sudden week four and they're in they're 45th at their position and you're like like, what 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 great awesome still 12 more games to go through but um it's it's flying by already it hurts the ego a little bit i'm not gonna lie yeah a little bit of a gut punch It, it it's i mean it's tough out there for everyone you know it's not just us i mean it's but the good does feel good i'm not gonna lie like when i'm right on a player it feels great but when i'm wrong on a player it does hurt but then i move on because you know it it happens to the best what what are you gonna do well the best part about that is as we say, champions are made in the second half, second half of the game, and the second half of the fantasy season. Do we say that? That is true. Something I, something <laughs> oh, so, I always Have I said that? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't I've always said it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yes, I think right. you've had to play football to, to truly understand. That's true. I'm all, I'm I'm all about the second half. I mean, look at no that. Offense, like, of course. Like the one year the Packers won it, the one year the Giants won it. You know, this, they played incredible the second half. They made the wild card, and then they ended up winning it all. So. Well, yeah, you, you always see it happens each and every year. We always say, oh, it's a weird few weeks of the season. Oh, it's I hate this. I hate this. And then you see your players who were struggling those first four weeks and they still finish top 10 at their position by this season's end. It's just the way of the world. Okay. Death taxes and top fantasy players are going to finish as top fantasy players. Boom. Word. Why don't you, uh, why don't you start it up there? Cause. So I'll start with my good. And this, this one I feel great about. I don't feel good. I feel great. Uh, Because right now he is third in uh, PPR scoring formats. I had touted him all year, given the fact that he was going to get so many opportunities. And that's all that the Minnesota Vikings have done this season is run the football. Okay. Dalvin Cook has been just um, unbelievable um, when he has stepped foot on the, on the field this season, which has been almost every play it seems right now. He has 410 rushing yards, five rushing touchdowns through four games, 15 receptions, 114 yards. And that is only through four games. He is on pace for over 1,600 yards on the ground, 20 touchdowns, 60 receptions, and 450 passing yards, receiving yards. Granted, those numbers are completely unattainable for the entire season. However, it just shows how strong he has been through the first four weeks of the season. Okay, He is averaging 18 rushing attempts per game and almost four receptions per game. He has been unbelievable. Right now, he is only behind Christian McCaffrey, who, you know, is the best, the best in the business. That's okay. <laughs> and by Austin Eckler, who is going to change a little bit because Melvin Gordon is back um, from his holdout. So Austin Eckler is going to take a hit, but that's we're not talking about that. We're talking about the fact Dalvin Cook has the chance to finish as number one running back for the rest of the season, and I completely see it because look at the next four games he has. The New York Giants. Okay, Philly, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one. The Philly one's going to be a tough one for him, but Detroit – and Washington. The Giants have given up 110 yards on the ground. Detroit 125, Washington 148. 
Okay, we're talking about four touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns given up by the Giants, two by Philly, five rushing touchdowns by Detroit, and three rushing touchdowns by Wash given up by Washington. Dalvin Cook is going to eat the next is that, four weeks of the season. Is that what is that what they say these days? Yes, that is what they say these days. He's going to eat. He's going to eat. He is. Okay, he is. He is. The only game I have questions about is Philly. Granted, he is. He is so reliable in the receiving game. Dalvin Cook has been unbelievable. He is a franchise running back, and I am so happy that I got this one right because he was my all-time favorite – not all-time favorite, but my favorite player going into 2019. All-time 2019 favorite. Yeah, sure. <laughs> going into 2019, he was my favorite player, and unless – barring any injuries, I don't see it stopping given the fact that he is getting a ton of attempts, 22, 23 touches per game. He technically has done this in three games also because he got pretty much shut right. out against the Bears, as yeah. did the entire embarrassing offense. Well, yeah, well, that's, that's the other thing about, about Minnesota is he's the only, rev, you know, the only light at the end of the tunnel for the Minnesota Vikings right now. Um, but, yeah, you're right. That game against Chicago was brutal. It's like, do you, just, do you just put ten guys in the box to stop Dalvin Cook? Because clearly Kirk Cousins can't make well, it happen. <laughs> well, the thing about that is, and I don't want to get into this because they almost cracked my, my ugly slash bad slash – everything in between um, is the fact that Diggs and Thielen are both still extremely talented wide receivers. Ooh, they totally are. So if they do want to stack the box against Dalvin, that might be the time that Kirk Cousins decides to shine. But um, in the meantime, Dalvin Cook is their beacon of hope. He has been an absolute revelation for that team. And that's, and it's, and it's such a shame too, because Alexander Madison is actually a very good running back as well. I think he could start on some other teams. Uh, but my good, and he is starting to become more good and more consistent now. Uh, first week, not so much. Um, James Fauchau is Winston. Uh, he's been tearing it up the past two, three weeks. Past two weeks, he's been the number one quarterback, actually, in fantasy, uh, according to Fantasy Pros. And then he's been the number four for the past three weeks in total. Um, right now he is the number nine to 11, depending on your actual league, his completion percentage has gone up every single game. He had three interceptions in the first game. Not that good. Uh, everyone was like, Oh my God, Jameis Winston. And then I think talks of him being benched were even, you know, sprinkling out there a little bit. Just give it, give it some time. Bruce Arians. He's only had two interceptions in the past three games. Uh, this guy is starting um, – I think Jameis is actually starting to grow up, not only as an actual quarterback, but as a human being. He's starting to realize, wow, Bruce Arians is – well, he's not stealing, you know, crab legs anymore. I saw your face, Kyle. <laughs> uh, but he is starting to believe in that Bruce Arians philosophy. I, I, I mean, it, Rojo is another huge reason why I think that – it, it, this is also going to help him as well. Rojo is getting the ball 13, 17, 16 times a game, and he's actually averaging like around four yards per carry. He's killing it on the ground. This is ridiculous. Uh, it's kind of funny because Peyton Barber – sorry, bro. You, you're not the starting running back anymore. It's, it's Rojo time. So the fact that it, they're passing the ball a lot and giving it to Rojo a bunch on the ground is definitely going to help Jameis Winston so that, hey, you know what? We're going to run the ball this drive. Uh, and not to mention, he also does have probably the best right now tandem in the NFL uh, in Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, who are the number three and number five wide receivers, actually, in fantasy. I don't know if you guys knew that. That's pretty awesome. O.J. Howard. Eh, 
I, I still don't know what their tight end situation is. We have no idea. It stinks. It's in the, it's in the dumps. Cameron Brake came out of nowhere this last week, which I, it's, it's good to see. But from a fantasy perspective, it is insanely frustrating. But Jameis Winston, he is going to finish in the top eight. I still have him in my top five. I think he's top eight guaranteed. Uh, and I'm going to quote someone, you know, Coach Boone. Like Novocaine, just give it time, it's going to work. Which is the Bruce Arians philosophy, and that's exactly what we're seeing from him right now. Wow. Remember the Titans reference just, just dropped upon us. That's right. Very well said. And the fact that you mentioned one of mine is, makes me feel a little better that I actually chose two. Two in the good category. It was, it was a tie. Same namesake, as you mentioned, Chris Godwin and my boy Nick Chubb, baby. Both are top four at their position, as you said, Chris Godwin being three. They both just put up monster numbers this past weekend. Let's start with Chris Godwin. He has at least six targets in three of four games. He has four touchdowns and at least 50 yards and a TD in three out of the four games. At least 16 PPR points in three out of four games. His only bad game coming against my New York Giants, who very clearly shut him out. I had nothing to do with it. It was actually the fact that Mike Evans went rabbit hunting and was running circles around Janoris Jenkins. Also, which is an interesting fact to me because we talk about targets so often, we actually had an episode dedicated to targets. He's been peppered with more targets than Mike Evans in three out of the four games played as well. And as you mentioned, brother, I think the team's buying in. They just beat the Rams. They're going to be competitive, but they're not really going to run the ball that much. They're going to pass a lot. They're going to pass all game. It's, it's going to be fun to watch. It's already been an incredible run so far. Only four games, mind you. Quick update on my boy Nick Chubb, because he has at least 19 PPR points in three of the four games. The outlier was 13, which isn't, which isn't terrible. It's, it's serviceable. This is the best part, too. He has at least 17 rushing attempts in every game. He has at least 20 in two of the games. And he's averaging three and a half receptions per game, putting him on pace to finish the year with... 56 receptions, which means he will be competing with your boy Dalvin Cook for the RB overall number one, I believe, when the season is over. And the fact that Baker Mayfield has looked so atrocious, and they beat an underrated Baltimore Ravens team on the road this weekend, mind you. If I was Freddie Kitchens, I would continue to just feed Nick Chubb because he's hungry and he's going to eat as well. Yeah. Who's who's eating? Who's who's eating? Who's eating? Nick Chubb, that's who. Oh, Brit. It's it's it was. I I still can't believe that they beat the Ravens. Did you see that? Did you see that run? What was that? The Chubb's like eighty-eight yard run. Eighty-eight yard run. Very long. And Baker Mayfield was sprinting on the other side of the field. Like it's everybody on the right side. And then Baker's running by himself, like, and they showed that Chubb reached what twenty-two miles an hour or something. Chubb had great form. It, it, oh my! He God. took off too. He, it looked like he was actually gaining speed, like a, like a locomotive. Yeah. Right after he passed that like second or third defender, I think it was just. It was insane because oh. it looked like he could have been caught at first. Those guys are safeties and corners. They're like track stars, and yeah. he ran. He blazed yeah. past them. If he's even, he's leaving. Oh. <laughs> All right, so let's pivot to the bad okay the bad we believe that these players have started or we know that these players have started poorly 
for our fantasy teams, for everyone out there. However, we have the hope and the wishes that these players will, at some point during the season, find their form. Okay, so I will start with the bad. And I, I must own him on 75% of teams. And I said this right before the season started. I said, if Devonta Freeman does not show up this season, I am in so much trouble. Okay, because I have him so often. I, I drafted him so often this season. Let's get into the, to the bad first of Devonta Freeman. Okay, he has three games out of the four so far this season. So there's good. Okay. Yes, there is good. Okay. I promise I'll get there. The bad might take a little while, but so he has three out of four games this season with under 30 yards rushing. He is on pace for only 628 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns. Again, this is bad. Um, He is playing in a negative game script most of the time. What this means is that his team is down and they are playing from behind most of the time. Okay. That is not a good situation to have for a running back. That's a great situation to have for a wide receiver for a quarterback, not for a running back. When you're down early and often, you unfortunately have to pass the ball more than you run it. Okay, that's bad. However, let's get into some good features about Devonta Freeman in this Falcons offense. He does have 17 receptions through the first four weeks of the season. He is on pace for 68 receptions and 530 yards through the air as a running back. That would top out both Dalvin Cook and your boy Nick Chubb. Okay, so... That's how good he of a, of a year he is having receiving the ball so far. He's catching 81% of his passes this season. Again, great feature because if he's getting peppered with targets at the position, he is catching 80% of the time. Another great thing to, to have. Matt okay. Ryan's also throwing the ball, I think, 50 yeah, times. Yeah, and Matt Ryan's throwing the ball <laughs> which helps. unattainable amount. Okay. Most passing attempts in the NFL. He's, right eighth, he's actually eighth right now in the uh, NFL for running back position when it comes to receptions. Okay. Good. Very good. As long as he stays in that top 10, he has value. Remember, PPR running backs that have that are the top 10, top 12 when it comes to receptions, they have a ton of more value, especially if they are struggling running the ball. His next four games, let's focus on the, first, on the next two because really if you start the season 0-6, at that point you're done. You want to get through the first, next two weeks and try to build yourself up to 2-4. and four. He is going up against Houston, who is allowing 105 yards per game. And then he gets Arizona, who is allowing 146 yards per game on the ground. This is to say he is running behind one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. I have faith in Devonta Freeman. He is a feature back. He is a bell cow. And for the love of God, stop giving Edo Smith red zone carries. Okay? Just, just stop. Okay? I couldn't believe he got that. <laughs> just, I, just stop. I was, uh, watching, I, I was watching it on ESPN, and I uh, see it come up, and it says, like, you know, the Falcons are at the five-yard line. I'm like, oh, perfect. I need these points. Right? This is great. Oh, gosh. And I look and it says touchdown. I was like, awesome. I pull it up, Edo Smith, five yard. I was like, why? Okay. The poaching needs to stop. Okay. It's illegal in, in South Africa. It's got to be illegal in the United States. Okay. We're done with it. First of all, why are you not watching the red zone? I know. I haven't gotten it yet. I still need to. I still need to. Dude, what is going I, on? I got you. I got I you. I'll send you one. I had it. I'll send it to you. I had it last year. It's a long story. Um, so anyway. I have faith in Devonta Freeman to turn this one around, uh, especially with the, the upcoming games against Houston and against Arizona. Look, it hasn't been pretty. He did score me 18 points, and all of you out there, 18 points in a PPR format this past week is highest of the season, and I think that number is going to direct in the up, upward direction. It has been bad, but it's going to get better. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get better, and I really hope it does. I, I have him, I think, on two teams. 
it's just really frustrating to see because they apparently tried to beef up that offensive line and, you know, help Matt Ryan out. Oh, my God, 13 games in a dome, yeah. He's still passing a lot. He's still over 300 yards every single game, though, which is – the, the problem is that's it's really line. cool. <laughs> the two rookies, the two rookies, one of them has – one of them got hurt and the other one was dealing with like a heart murmur or dealing with a heart issue. And they, it's just, it's been messy. It's, it's been messy along that offensive line. I think right now they're like in the bottom. They're one of the worst. Bottom percentage. Yeah. yeah for offensive lines. So it's, it's, not, it's not good. That offensive scheme as a, as a whole, Dan Quinn really needs to get it together as a head coach. He should okay? be gone. That's number one. And that offensive scheme really needs to utilize their weapons. Okay, Leo's doing okay. Yeah, Leo's not bad. Julio's having a – okay, like, yeah, okay, fine. Four touchdowns. That's, like, most in the past, like – Ever. Two years combined. Ever. <laughs> okay. He's the number four PPR wide receiver right now. He is. However, um, they really need to utilize Devonta to the best of his ability. He is a great receiving back. He is a goal line threat, and they still not have – they still haven't figured that one out yet, apparently. What was the crowd chanting in that movie? Was it, eat up, eat up, eat up, eat up. I can't believe he scored. It wasn't Edo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, God, I hate him. Anyway. For my bad, I'm going to your New, New York football Jets or whatever they want to call themselves, the New Jersey Jets. They're just the, the, the kissing the X, Jets. The XFL Jets. The XF. Hey, they're not there yet. They're not on the Dolphins level yet or the Cincinnati Bengals level yet. Both of those teams are going to be relegated. It, it depends see. if Sammy D doesn't play, actually. Because they're, they're on their way with the Dolphins' number seven string quarterback from last year now. Is their oh, it's bad. I wouldn't be surprised if two Canadian football teams, you know, join the NFL next year. And we didn't see Miami or Cincinnati anymore. But that's besides the point. Uh, <laughs> Lev Bell is my bad right now, which means I think he's going to turn it around. This – is really, 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 I'm really hoping that Sam Darnold comes back very soon as our Jets fans and everybody else on the offense because clearly Falk, I mean, the guy, come on, he, he can't do it. Um, so some of the good about Lev Bell, though, that is why he's going to get better and become the Lev Bell of old is he's averaging 25 touches a game. So, yeah, that's insane. I know, right? About 19 carries, he got nine targets, 10 targets, four targets. So they're clearly using him for, obviously, why they signed him. Now, Sam Darnold, they're saying, is going to stop kissing people, you know, um, so he's going to get healthy. And he, there was hope that he was going to play this week. I believe they're playing the Eagles. And you know what? It's actually better that they probably don't play the Eagles because that defense is a little stingy, even though they just gave up what, I think over 400 yards to Aaron Rodgers and uh, two touchdowns. But they do have a very good run defense. Now, with that being said, after that, okay, Jets face a couple of some decent defenses. They got the Cowboys who are ranked 12th right now. Then the Patriots. I mean, I don't think anybody saw the Patriots being the number one defense right now. I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I didn't. I thought they were going to be good. But this is – they are doing some awesome stuff. Like, yeah, like cheap, like cheap shot hits. And, I don't and like Josh admitting Allen. it. Yeah. Um, oh my God, Josh. Yeah, Allen. great defense. Hit. Cannot believe that freaking hit. Yeah. But then they got the Jags, Dolphins, G-Men, the Skins, Oakland, Bengals, and then the Dolphins again. Uh, majority of all of those teams are in the bottom half. I believe I was also seeing on Twitter that the Jets actually have like, or Lev Bell, not the Jets, Lev Bell, has the because there's. They're not giving the ball to anyone else, by the way. Time on, uh, he has 56 carries, 
total, Lev Bell. Uh, Ty Montgomery, he has seven. So they clearly don't want to use anyone else except Le'Veon Bell. Uh, another huge thing is their bye week is over, which definitely helps you. Now you don't have to worry about, oh my God, is Lev Bell like, oh, what am I going to do when he's on his bye week? So Lev Bell is my number one buy low right now. And what I have been reading or seeing on Twitter is that Lev Bell, they have the third best situation for the rest of the season in the running game. So I think that he's going to turn it around. We can, we can only hope so. For the Jets' sake, I guess. Ooh. You know what I was thinking about? You know, I was thinking about the whole time you were saying that you kept saying, turn it around. And I was thinking of the Barton Bellas singing, turn it around, turn it around, turn it around, turn it around. Well, they, they turned it around. What do you say? Yeah, they turned it around. They turned it around because they, hey, they went from, they went from losers to winners. Okay. So yeah, anything is possible. Three movies in a row. I meant the Barton Bellas, not the, not the franchise. Well, yeah. Three I mean, what I, what I was actually thinking about, because <laughs> what you guys were thinking about is kind of crazy, is that the New York Giants have turned around their season, and now they're 2-2 two and two in second place, a game behind. Daniel, Daniel Dimes. Baby. Oh, boy. Daniel Danny, Dimes. Danny Dimes dropping dimes. Yeah, he's been I think a revelation. I think his name is Daniel Jones. The, the defense <laughs> stepped it up last week. I know you can't really compare and gauge against a terrible, terrible Washington Redskins team, but... They showed up. They played better. They forced turnovers. We scored touchdowns. And what I'm hoping is that this individual, because Juju has been off that beat through the first four games, last year he was top ten in overall targets as the number two receiver in Pittsburgh. He's the number one receiver right now. Big Ben going down did not help him. He's seen his targets go from eight in the first two games to seven and only four against the lowly Bengals. And what scares me, and I'm hoping that it's only the game plan that they created for our boy Mason Rudolph for this game on Monday night because he hasn't really been throwing it downfield. He, I don't know how many passes he threw over 10 yards, but all I know is of the one that was a touchdown to Deontay Johnson. Connor and Samuels each actually had eight receptions on dump-offs, which, which is insane. They were both very startable assets on your fantasy team last night i know the Bengals stink all right but it scares me that they're going to try to play conservative football to get the ball out of his hands as quick as possible plus the offensive line has to give him time to actually run some play action and they haven't been able to really run the ball yet james connor has struggled mightily he finally had a good game last night and i think that samuels is going to obviously be in the mix now moving forward I mean, the targets are atrocious. If, if he's the team's number one receiver, he has to get more than four targets a game. And a lot of my hope stems from the fact that he was top 10 in targets last year and in PPR production. This week, he, is, he has a great chance to turn it around because they have a big divisional game against the Baltimore Ravens, who are giving up the fourth most yards to wideouts in the NFL. So I'm, I'm worried, yes, but I'm not selling. Like I said, he was a top 10 wide receiver last year in PPR. The offense just has to get the ball in his hands. He is an athlete, and I think he's, I think he's hungry as well. Seems seems to be a theme of the, of the episode. I just hope that you know you can only you can bring a horse to water, but you know you know but, lead you know, a horse to water. You can't can't make him drink. drink. Can't you know the saying. You know the yes, saying. Yeah, we do know so. the saying. It's a great it's, one. Uh, the Steelers. That that game call was very very odd last night but I, as as a james connor owner i absolutely loved it because i needed yeah, it was it. awesome for him yeah oh. 
You all kept those, him in your lineup. Oh. <laughs> yeah, all those people out there who were just completely giving up on James Conner, welcome back. You know, the rushing Again, game wasn't there, but the receiving really saved him. They played They played yeah. the Bengals. I know, I know, I know, I know. Another, there is a com- another there is a XFL com- team. With- there is a common theme here. <laughs> Majority right. of the games, too, that the Steelers have, at least at this point in the season, the defenses, from a passing perspective, are ranked in the bottom half of the league. So hopefully yeah. that helps. And they're going to try and stay competitive. Tomlin's a good, good enough coach to you know get them to fight. Get them back on track. Yeah, yeah let's go. Let's go. Someone who I do not think is going to get back on track this season, or at least for the next four to six games, is someone I was so excited for this year. And I just, I think his ego has gotten the best of him. I think the hype has gotten the best of him. And I'm not sure he's going to pull it together this year. And that's why he is my ugly. Because while I think he is unbelievably talented, I just think there's a lot of factors against him, especially for the next few weeks coming up. And that is Baker Mayfield, okay? Baker Mayfield right now is the 23rd ranked quarterback in fantasy. When he was drafted, he was drafted as a top five quarterback. Well, we could say, you know, he, he still has time. He still has every opportunity to come back to life. Let me, let, me, let me hit you with this. His yards per game are there, okay? He's averaging 287 yards per game. So the numbers are there when it comes to yardage. It's the touchdown to interception ratio. It's the completion percentage that are absolutely decimating him. He has a four to six touchdown to interception ratio. That is not good. You have all the weapons in the world there in Cleveland and four to six touchdown to interception ratio. Pick every game. Bad. He has every, every single game. game. Except the last one when he had three. So that's not good, by the way. Uh, definitely not good. He has a 42.6 QBR. Oh, that's, that's horrendous. Not 59% completion percentage. Again, not good. Let's, let's dive in a little further. He's 12th in attempts. Okay. So right now he is throwing the ball. 12th in the league each week. Yet he is 34th in completion percentage and 37th percent in red zone completion percentage. There's only 32 starting quarterbacks. So either he's <laughs> either he can't throw or people can't catch on his team. There are 32 starting quarterbacks. And yes, that does include quarterbacks who have replaced injured quarterbacks. I get it. Got it. I get all that. However, that's how ineffective he has been this season. And let's let's dive into the next four games he has. By the way, all four of them are against the top half defense in the league against the pass 49ers allowing 208 yards per game the seahawks allowing 240 per game the pats a measly 182 per game and then the broncos at 200 yards per game the schedule is not going to get easier for baker going forward this is going to become nick chubb's uh, opportunity to run the ball more and more often the offensive line hasn't been great either to be completely honest but that's what happens when you trade you know zeitler to the giants that whatever but but the, the, all the signs right now are pointing towards Baker Mayfield continuing the slide, okay? People are starting to throw in the towel on him. They're starting to go to their backup quarterbacks each week to start for their team, and they probably should. He has tough matchups coming up. His ego has gotten the best of him, and the numbers and the efficiency are just not there. Can he get better? He's a very talented player. He was drafted number one overall in the NFL For draft. a reason, yeah. However, right now – I don't know what that reason is because he has played so atrociously that it's not even worth keeping him at this point. Should you? Yeah, but he is a bench player. Ooh, I love it. I love that word, atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> Putrid, atrocious, awful. When it's, when it's used in the, in the right context, and I guess this is a good context. My ugly, he's, he's not necessarily a terrible player. He's just playing for and it's funny because we're in this same division. Uh, brother, you just started it off, and then 
Joe Mixon, Cincinnati Bengals. It is really, really ugly right now. He, he can't seem to get it going because the offensive line is, what, I think they're probably after last night the worst offensive line in the NFL. Now, I'm not going to touch up too much. Um, he's only averaging 12 carries a game, three catches a game. That's not good. Joe Mixon, I had him as my preseason 12 running back, going over well over 1,000 yards rushing. I don't know about you guys where you had him ranked. But the Bengals, it, it, and you talked about it before with Devonta Freeman, he's, he's experiencing the same, almost the same thing as Devonta Freeman is, but the Falcons have more weapons and they have the ability to, to I mean, win losses doesn't matter. We don't care about that. Fantasy points are what we care about. It doesn't matter if your team goes 0-16, but if he finishes number one in fantasy, that's great. Now, the Bengals are going to be losing pretty much every, I guess we could say maybe, maybe every game. So the game script is definitely not in his favor at all. They're not using him that much. He's, he's averaging, what, three, three, three and a half targets a game right now. Uh, Tyler Boyd, his true colors are starting to come out a little bit. He's really not what he was in the first week, second week. Uh, John Ross, that freak athlete, he's gone for a month now. Uh, that does not help. Um, I don't even know if the Bengals even have tight ends because I don't, <laughs> I don't even think they're being used. Tyler Eifert and CJ Uzoma, who could actually have pretty good games this week against Arizona, who has given up a lot of fantasy points to tight ends. But it's the game script, and Joe Mixon, unless he gets traded or something happens, maybe A.J. Green coming back will help this team. But John Ross being down and this Auden Tate, Auden, Auden, I don't know, how do, you, how do you say it? Do you guys know how to say it? It's Auden Tate. Auden, Auden Tate. It's, I mean, and Andy Dalton just does not look that good. The whole team just does not look that good. So Joe Mixon is my ugly. For every owner, this, this week should be the week that he actually has a decent game. I know that contradicts what I just said, but sell high on him. If he has a good game after Arizona, I, I would sell high on him. Could have sold high two games ago because he, he apologized to the fans in Cincinnati and then had a breakout game. They didn't win. He played well. He scored a touchdown on a nice, uh, nice catch and run. His, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some numbers at you really quick. Uh, 2.7, 4.2, 16.4, and 8.3. Those are his fantasy numbers for the past four games. That's horrendous. For a, for a guy that was drafted in the late first round, it's ugly. I've got somebody that's even uglier, and his name is Randy. Oh, oh no, wait. His name is Sonny Michelle. That boy good. <laughs> that boy good. He good and terrible. <laughs> Yay. Someone saw what I was trying to do there. Thank you. I oh, thank you. Thank you. Get Kyle got it, too. He couldn't get to his. He couldn't yeah, get no, I wasn't, I wasn't going to interrupt. <laughs> it's my oh, favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time. So. I was yeah, flowing. I was flowing. They're yeah. filming the second one. I'm excited. I'm excited. Because a lot. <laughs> Yeah, we could, we could do that for days, actually. Sonny Michelle was drafted near the end of the third round as the overall running back 11 before the season. And that's, that's in PPR leagues. In four games this year, he actually has at least 15 carries in three of them. He's 10th in the league in carries right now. That's more than Alvin Kamara, Frank Gore, Le'Veon Bell, Eckler, and Mark Ingram. Two less than Dalvin Cook. He only has two touchdowns. And guess how many receptions he has? You're right. Zero. <laughs> Absolutely zero. 
He rushed for over 63 yards only one time. He scored eight or less fantasy points in three out of four games. This is not what you expected. Probably your second running back, maybe even your first if you went wide receiver, wide receiver strategy or drafted Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's, ooh, yikes. What scares me too is that the Pats have actually had leads outside of this competitive Bills game. I mean, they still did have a lead and he's gotten the ball. He has not been effective. Last year, he averaged 4.5 yards per carry. This year, 2.8. Putrid. Guess how many broken tackles? Zero. The same number as the total receptions he has. Yeah. Zero. How do you have zero broken tackles? That's... He's the 34th ranked running back right now. And, ooh, I know some of my Pat friends out there, sorry, the agitator, but he might belong in the, ooh, ooh, that smell category because he stinks right now. Rex Burkhead, James White have both outperformed him. And I still think that Belichick is just waiting and biding his time for the second half rookie breakout in Damian Harris. It's going to happen, folks. Sonny Michelle stinks right now, and there's not much light at the end of this tunnel. So, obviously, we've had an incredibly, very exciting, very random, as always, because players come out of the woodworks to dominate in fantasy. Players that we never drafted, players we don't recognize. It's, it's been crazy. It's only four weeks in. So do you? So do you want to hear one of the teams that I drafted? We we talked about strategies and and everything in the beginning of the season. Should we go wide receiver, wide receiver? You know, or running back, running back? Um, well, I went running wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Patrick Mahomes, um, and I ended up with Sonny Michelle and Kenyon Drake as my running backs. <laughs> Yikes! Mind how you, how was that going? I'm actually three and one. Well, yeah, but who are your other running backs? Um, Royce Freeman. It is a dynasty. Uh, Royce Freeman, TJ Yeldon, Jalen Richard, Wilkins. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Are you starting running backs or are you just leaving them empty? Um, honestly, it's probably better empty. to just leave them empty. Uh, uh, is he talking ish right now? Michael is Thomas, I- Mike Evans, Austin Hooper. I mean, I, I have a very good, you know, stable of wide receivers. Stable. Clearly, those running backs are not working out for me. No, 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 no. Goes to show you that any type of draft strategy can work. Or not. Quick well, update. as far as having the players, yeah. Quick update for you as well before we close out the show. There are two teams on by this week, the Lions and the Dolphins. So that's really only one team on by. It is the Detroit Lions. You can find us at thefantasyfam.com or on Twitter at thefantasyfam or on most podcast platforms, including iTunes and now on iHeartRadio. This is the Fantasy Fam signing off. 